think you guys can hear me. <laughs> I can't hear myself at the moment, but it'll be all right in just a second. This is Gene Nathan. It's Crosstown Conversations, and I just came from a very hot place. <laughs> I won't say where, because I can't talk about it yet, but I was in a big plant with no AC most of three days. I sure hope I lost some weight for all of this, but we'll find out. Um, so this particular location is uh, actually in uh, St. Bernard, and um, I've been having the pleasure and the uh, um, the opportunity to be working in, in St. Bernard a lot for the past few years uh, because there's all kinds of really interesting things going on there. Um, you just wouldn't believe it, honestly. Uh, it's it's just it's a changing community. And um, it's interesting how Katrina has uh, been an opportunity for uh, things to happen in various parts of the city, and they've happened in some and not happened in others. And if you excuse me just one second, I want to tell somebody I had it in there, and then I took it out. Oh. It was in there. Um, I'm just talking about something technical. Ah, there we go. Um, so now I can hear myself. That's good. So um, I, I have the pleasure this, today of, of having um, Jason Stopa, who I'm going to let him give you the title because I get these titles usually mixed up. It's Community Development? Development, yep. Right. Director, yep. For um, Jefferson Parish. And so he's in the thick of it. Parish. What did I just say? Jefferson. Why did I say Jefferson? I never <laughs> go to Jefferson. I don't think about Jefferson. But I've been in 110-degree weather all day, so uh, let's chalk it up to that. Anyway, um, it, it's really what's interesting what's going on because um, we all have had certain, you know, we think about parts of the cities as kind of yet parts of town and not just St. Bernard, but Ninth Ward, uh, this ward, that ward, every ward it has its own special flavor. But um, St. Bernard's on fire in a positive way, and I don't mean that it has any kind of a, you know, swamp fire going on. It has a, a energy fire going on. So, um, Jason, I want you to kind of share with us um, the vision that has come together amongst the parish officials, community leaders, business leaders, church leaders. Everybody has signed up, education people really kind of led the charge in a way right after St. Bernard. There's nothing like what happened with the St. Bernard That's school right. system. It just really um, kicked behind. Mm -hmm. And so um, give me give me your perspective. Um, how long have you been working out there for one thing? Since 2014. So as since, post-Katrina. Post-Katrina, yeah. yes. Uh, and before that you were working in Orleans, right? I was. I was working for various nonprofits in New Orleans uh -huh. looking at blight and redevelopment. Right. So you kind of took that experience and brought it with you. That's All right. What's going on? A lot's going on. We uh, we uh, have a lot going on right now with uh, redevelopment and sold on St. Bernard. And I'm hoping people see the marketing and the advertising that we're doing to let people know what's happening in St. Bernard. We have billboards. Uh, we have print ads. We're looking radio, too. We have radio ads. But it all really started for me when I got there um, – from the comprehensive plan. We did have a plan that was adopted in 2014. So that was the plan that evolved out of the plans you had to do 
after Katrina, basically to secure your FEMA commitments, right? That's correct. Because we did we did that. It was called UNOP in Orleans. Yeah. We had various plans that came out post Katrina, and this mm-hmm. plan was actually funded by the state Office of Community Development, so it was state federally funded right. uh, plan. And at the time, and my office deals with uh, safety and permits, code enforcement, planning and zoning, and also the redevelopment. All of, the things we love. All the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. But we also received a couple thousand road home properties too, right? So the road home a properties. A thousand. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the time, the road home properties were um, transferred to the Louisiana Land Trust. And mm-hmm. we worked with the Louisiana Land Trust in the state. But in 2014, uh, we started transferring those properties from the Louisiana Land Trust to the parish. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. since I've been there, um, most of those properties were transferred in 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And we have a maintenance and disposition plan. And at the time, we were auctioning properties. And uh, that was okay at the time. We were putting properties back into commerce. But with the comprehensive plan, the section on housing, what it really talked about was creating a regionally competitive housing product. And that's something that we didn't see in St. Bernard, um, and we thought we could improve. So we had, at the time that we started our programs, you know, moving away from auction and going into these programs that we call Build or Bundle and Buy and Build, we thought, okay, if we're going to implement these programs, what kind of housing type do we want to see? We wanted to make sure that it was could compete with the region. So if people were looking at housing in Mid-City, Gentilly, Lakeview, they would also consider St. Bernard. What does that mean in terms of the housing forms? For us, we were looking at um, what was successful in Gentilly and Lakeview. And what we wanted to... What was? Because I don't know. We were looking at traditional houses. So we... we um, Traditional meaning a sort of New Orleans vernacular housing styles. That's correct. Without okay. one specific type. You know, mm-hmm. we, we were flexible with that. Specifically, it was houses were elevated three feet, 10-foot ceilings, uh, mm, ten foot ceilings. Ten foot ceilings. Mm-hmm. Not every house has ten foot ceilings. No, yeah. no. It's and it's a higher standard because we knew we had to have so, a higher standard to bring people to St. Right. Bernard and to Araby to make it attractive and compete. Sure. So that's what we were looking at. Eight, twelve pitch, meaning the higher pitch roof to have it look traditional. Porches. Uh, I don't know if I said trim around the windows, but all the little details too that go mm-hmm. into making it look a little uh, traditional. And we uh, had this vision, and we put out an RFP looking for builders, and we had meetings before with multiple builders and people in the real estate community, and one person came and said, you know, I I agree with your vision. I think it's going to work, and I want um, a couple bundles. So he was able to purchase 12 lots, so two bundles, and he started building houses, and at that time, there weren't speculative. We didn't have a speculative housing market, and that, again, we're talking around 15. 2015. Mm-hmm. And he said, he, you know, we said if we could build new construction for 100 and sell it for $130, $140 a square foot, we could build houses for the next 10, 20 years. And he was able to sell his first two for over 140 hmm. So once he demonstrated that success, he kept building. And then more builders came and became part of the program, too. Sure. So we had another rollout of Builder Bundle, which was Builder Bundle 3, which was our big um, award where we have – at this point, we're up to Builder Bundle 5. We're in the fifth phase, and we have so about... So that a, means about how many houses? About 120 in the pipeline. That's that's a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. There's there's yeah. a little bit over 120 in the pipeline, and there's... That's more than the Make It Right Village. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've only uh, built and sold 30, so... Mm-hmm. So we, we we look at this as a as a housing redevelopment um, plan that's going to have... It's going to you know, last for the, for the yeah. 10 years, 15 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. 
And what's interesting too with the housing development, you know, from the 30 that we sold, we went from having I think one house, speculative house, sold in um, St. Bernard in 2015, and last year we sold 66. So that's a pretty big jump. It's a really big jump, and for every new construction that our program has built, there's been about four others that other people have built because the builders have confidence in St. Bernard. They're selling houses not only in Araby but also Chalmette and Miro. So it's going for a pretty far distance. Mm-hmm. Where uh, You know, when you say pretty far by distance, of course, um, as you know, I've been working on a property uh, in, in Poydras right. where we have an art center and um, – I remember when we first started it, and uh, you know, Sydney had uh, Torres had brought me to show him, show me this property and say, kind of like to do. Let's give it a let's give it a try mm-hmm. and uh, do something for Prospect. I can't promise anybody's going to come down here, but what we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. So we started our first time with 200 people, and it went. By the time we went to the last Sunday of Prospect, we had close to a thousand people mm-hmm. come out for. An event there. It, it's, it is event driven. It, people don't just, you know, drop in every day. Mm. But it's only 25 minutes. A, B. It's never really bad traffic. So I'm sure you hope that someday there will be bad traffic, because that means you'll have a lot more people. <laughs> but at the moment, it's still a pretty easy ride, and you and you kind of go through all kinds of interesting territory. You know, you go through. Um, an area where you can see where commercial revitalization can happen, and then you go through the petrochemical um, stuff, which a lot of people don't see up close. And mm-hmm. so, you know, whether you want to or not, you <laughs> pass through it. And then you get out to the cow pastures, and then you get to the oak alleys, right. uh, and then you get to the bayou country, mm-hmm. and it's spectacularly beautiful. So um, it, it's really uh, – it is one of those best-kept secrets. Has been, but – you're changing that, especially with all that marketing you're doing. We are. I mean, that's what we talk about, too. One of the billboards was 12 minutes from downtown, and we showed how it was just as that's close. That's a little faster than I talk about. Yeah, that's that, that's from Araby. Araby. To Araby, But right. the property you're talking about is a wonderful property, you know, down in Poydras. And you do have a different range of um, neighborhoods, really. You have the historic old Araby. Uh, you have the other section of Araby, St. Claude Heights, where we're building most of our homes. And it's a little bit larger lots. You have, you know, larger lots is really important. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't, you know, in New Orleans, there's a lot of neighborhoods that are kind of big deal, classy uptown neighborhoods where the houses are so close to each other that you could see somebody brushing their teeth in the next house. Mm-hmm. Having property between you and your neighbor, that's that's a luxury. And the neighborhood that we're building in. Originally, it was platted with 50-foot frontages. All the lots were 50-foot. But after Hurricane Katrina, when the lots came to the parish, we started subdividing those properties into, you know, lot and a half or double lots. So we took many of our properties and doubled them up so you would get more lot space. And really, that's what we're seeing. A lot of people value that. When they come down and look at housing, they're asking, oh, do you have any double lots? I really want a double lot. Because in our buy and build program. Gardens garden, and, yeah. and place, uh, places for your kids to play mm-hmm. and so on, yeah. Yeah, so in our buy and build program. Pool. Uh, a pool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the buy and build program allows you to come in and purchase a lot. And then you can pick your own builder. You know, you, you develop your own house plans and you go ahead and build it yourself. So not only. A lot of we, flexibility. A lot of flexibility, yeah. That's really important, too, yeah. you know, that you can. You can kind of do it your way. And and uh, interestingly, I'm sure that 
what comes to bear for that is all the housing plans that are available that were developed after uh, Katrina. So I forget the name of it, but I know that there was a, a whole book of plans put together by Duane's group that was available all over the state that was both traditional housing types as well as more contemporary. And then, of course, all the housing that was built for Make It Right. I believe those plans are available. I'm not positive about that. Do you know? I don't know. I have to check into that. I've seen Duane's plans, but I'm not sure about the Make It Right plans. I mean, there were about, um, what, 18 different designers who had chosen to do those really contemporary houses. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that's not everybody's cup of tea, Mm -hmm. but it is some. And I've seen a lot of that kind of housing built right in my neighborhood. I'm in Treme, Mm -hmm. you know, by Esplanade. And um, you you go on the back streets in that area, and you're going to see some of that really contemporary housing. So, um, yeah, so, so who's moving out there? A lot of different people are moving. Yeah, out tell there. me about the. I mean, a little bit about the demographics. The demographics are a lot of them are first-time home buyers. We're seeing the age around. I, it's around like 25 to 45, um, but a lot of people that aren't even from the region. People are moving here to work in New Orleans, and they hear about St. Bernard, and they're coming out and buying houses. So, you know, for us, we look at it as a short commute, and for them, they may have been coming from a city with an hour commute, and uh, they look at how close. St. Bernard is to the city where they work downtown. A lot of people work, you know, work downtown or buying the houses. Uh, the school system is great. And we're doing other things, too. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, like you're talking about with the arts. There's also we're focused on quality of life in, at parish government. We are putting the money that we are receiving from the builders because they have to purchase the lots. And we're putting it back into projects, too. So That's great. Uh, we're, we're about to break ground on, a, um, on Heights Park. It's a trailhead. And we're creating a bike path along the 40 Arpent Canal for 10 miles that goes oh, that's uh, great. from yeah. Araby to, to yeah. Violet. And we've also uh, used funds to build a skate park and to improve Torres Park, which is behind uh, the government building, too. So there's been mm-hmm. investment in, in parks and rec. Too. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that um, I don't think has happened enough in any part of the city. We, we do need more parks. And um, that was something I was very interested in seeing happen in, in the Ninth Ward. There are almost no parks there. You just have that very passive green, peaceful levee, mm-hmm. and that was under challenge. And um, I hope that uh, the community is going to win out the issues of making sure that that's protected. But, um, yeah, what about uh, parks? What about the state park? What about some of your natural areas? Are you trying to uh, gather in a little bit more of that? We are. I mean, it just depends on where we're talking. You know, I mean, we have a really robust group of people that have charter fishing companies down in Delacroix, Hopedale. But we did build the Delacroix Pier. It was a major project um, that our coastal department worked on. It wasn't in my department. And uh, essentially they built a pier in uh, Delacroix and a dry dock so people could work on their boats. Um, Delacroix, Delacroix is paradise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is one of the more beautiful places for a combination of the natural beauty, but also just the traditional lifestyle, you know, the fishing docks. And I think the last time I was there, there were a couple of alligators hanging off hooks. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the real deal. It's, mm-hmm. it's authentic. It's, it's really beautiful. The only thing that bothered me about it is noticing a couple of places where somebody had taken a, um, essentially a, um, the kind of house, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, that, that you would put, um, what's the expression, uh, flat on the ground, hmm. 40 feet up in the air, you know, on piers, I'm saying. There might have been a more interesting way to do that. <laughs> you know? so, so that's a question. To what extent are you all 
looking at trying to um, invite new and interesting design and architecture into the picture. So one of the things that some people I've noticed around town are doing is using that ground floor um, and, and really building up a whole floor and then using that ground floor as a patio, as a kind of shaded patio area as one example of something that you can do that's a little bit different from what so, so to what extent are is there a looking at that kind of um, you know more interesting design possibilities I think down in Delacro and Hopedale you're basically required to do that right because the elevation is low yeah you have to be elevated about 17 feet so it's a really high elevation if you're building a structure like a home down there so you see that all the time, and you don't see that too much in other parts of uh, St. Bernard, in Miro, and in Chalmette. But we do require houses in our program to be elevated three feet above grade, which a lot of the times is higher than the FEMA standard. Okay. So even in some places that aren't in flood, special flood hazard mm-hmm. areas, they're still required to be at three feet. So I asked you a minute ago about who's coming, and um, I know I have a very diverse audience, mm-hmm. so I'm just curious, uh, St. Bernard, back in the day, was mm. not necessarily considered that friendly to all people. Right. And I think that's really changed, but I, I want to hear it from you. No, I think it's definitely changed. I think, just look at the census numbers, um, St. Bernard is becoming more diverse, and I think it's going to continue to be. It's uh, definitely a, a place where you have different types of housing stock, too, in terms of price points. It's really meets anybody's budget, whether you need affordable housing or can afford the $350,000 home. So I think it's going to be a place that that many people move to. They're going to see it as an opportunity. And I, I think we want people to know it's a welcoming parish. We want you know everyone to come down to the parish and buy rent. We have multifamily development. We have two-family development. We've done things recently to make it easier for people to build doubles that have lots um, so they could provide more rental property because we're growing. And um, I think you see diversity, like you're talking with the artists, uh, the, the food scene, everything. We're just trying to make uh, St. Bernard, I think, a little bit more interesting. So you, now you hit on my favorite subject, of course, is, right. is the creativity and the arts. And, and um, I, I really have felt that uh, in, in the people I've interacted with in parish government, in the business community, and, and then, you know, friends, you might say, mm-hmm. are, are really um, – looking to the arts and looking to the creative industries as part of the future of St. Bernard. Tell me about that, because I don't think, uh, unless you're involved in that, mm-hmm. it, it, that's, that's something that is new to people around this metro area. Mm-hmm. Well, St. Claude in Old Araby is a cultural arts district with the state. So there's um, certain tax credits that you, you know about um, if you own a business in the area. And... Uh, an artist community moved down. And then the Miro Foundation also invested in an artist community with St. Claude Arts and Zeitgeist moving, but that building is a Miro Foundation building. So they've been um, really supportive. They've, uh, we're also building a shared parking lot um, in, behind one of their buildings. Uh, it's going to be a green infrastructure parking lot. So there are a lot of people pushing in the same direction to, to make that happen. One thing that we heard from the artists early on was you know, we really want to protect St. Claude. And we were looking at the area, and we looked at it and said, well, there should be a zoning overlay district. There's nothing here that's a you know, promotes it. There's, it's in the comp plan. But um, we said, let's look at the zoning. So 
in 2016, the council passed a uh, arts, culture, entertainment district zoning overlay. It also beefs up kind of the historic design standards um, for that street because we want to create a basically a six-block main street. And then also on the riverfront, we created a riverfront um, mixed-use district. So that allows for um, apartments, condos on the river and to have more easier uses for um, – you know, breweries or restaurants and, you know, those sorts of uses. And you have already a couple new uh, restaurants that people are bragging about. So tell, tell just, you know, throw out some names so that <laughs> when people hear a new restaurant name, they, I can tell you why, I often write it down and I want to go check it out. Mm-hmm. So Kitchen Table Cafe is mm-hmm. right there on St. Claude. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great that's just That's just as you come out of Orleans. That's correct. Right. If you come out of New Orleans, you're looking at the left. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that's a, that's a good restaurant. I mean, our bars, too, um, uh, Whiskey Bayou, Pierrog's Whiskey Bayou. I just saw the sign for Whiskey Bayou for the first time, uh, I don't know, just recently. Mm-hmm. So what's that all about? It's actually three ladies that uh, used to work at Marky's Bar. Uh, we're looking to open their oh, own bar. That, that's, that's, serious, that's serious New Orleans yeah. history bar. Right. Yeah. So they found this bar, and uh, they're you know they were leasing it, and now uh, it's their bar now, and uh, it's been great. Uh, I'm not much of a bar goer, but I'm going to go check that out. Okay. <laughs> they probably have some really cool cocktails, right? Because I like my cocktails. Yeah, it's a fun place. I think they do karaoke and other things, but yeah. it's a fun bar. And then you know, with art zeitgeist moving down, was really big for St. Bernard Parish yeah. and to continue. Yeah. Um, they're the old, the only alternative uh, film uh, house in town. I, I thought that uh, Broad Street was going to do that. Broad Street tends to have a couple art films, but they also have a lot of mainstream. Mm-hmm. And Zeitgeist really hangs out there and, and does all the uh, really cool, interesting stuff. So that's that's great. Mm-hmm. What about business in general? I mean, the the ranch, of course, um, is is uh, is really important with the film industry. And yeah, and I'm not sure how many people know about the ranch. I, you know, I mean. every time I mention the ranch. People kind of look at me quizzically and say, I heard something about that, but they have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the ranch is a movie studio. Uh, it actually took over an old uh, Lowe's and also a Save a Center, and it's right there. That had been abandoned after the had storm. Had been abandoned after the storm. Right. And it's close. It's in Chalmette, and uh, it's it's a, it's just a – it's really amazing facility to see that in anywhere, really, in St. Bernard. I mean, they had uh, – Hulu shooting shows there and other people shooting shows and there's been movies there and I was able to walk on one of the sets. They did did Deep Horizon. The Terminator, whatever number it was. (laughs) I'm not a Terminator moviegoer, but it was the most recent one. (coughs) And um, there was a Disney project. uh, Didn't quite. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know other projects. I I did walk through the uh, the project, the Sean Penn project that was out there from Hulu. That was a really interesting set. So it's amazing what those guys have. Have you been do. an extra so far? I have not been an extra. No. <laughs> well, you got to you know take a day off. And I, I asked to be an extra for the uh, reenactment of the Battle of New Orleans, but those guys are really serious. They won't let you in. You uh, have to, that's no, they no travel around. around the country. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it in one of the movies <laughs> instead. You need to. So, um, uh, what would you say um, if you're looking uh, ten years from now? Um, Give me a little snapshot, a picture of St. Bernard as you're reaching for it. That's a really tough question because I think about all the little things that we we are doing. I think that you're going to see 
neighborhoods filled in that weren't filled in post-Katrina um, with really great architecture and housing. I think you're going to see an expanded uh, quality of life through parks and recreation. I mean, the amount of um, funds that are being put towards the Mississippi River Bike Trail and what I'm calling the 40 Arpin Blue Way because it's a connection of bike paths and, and then other parks, uh, trailheads, major facility like with Val Reese with baseball. I see all that growing. I see the schools um, doing great too. And then the Main Street on St. Claude, I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, and when you enter the parish at St. Claude, you're going to really notice that yeah. you're in St. Bernard. Yeah. It's, you know, there. If we have the momentum that I think we, we can achieve with the Ford plant, which is something we can talk about, a redevelopment there that I, I think it's definitely, I see that in the next five to ten years. And if that can be a catalyst for the riverfront and take the riverfront in a direction where you have essentially five-story buildings looking back at the city, looking out on the river, I think, I think, you, um, I think you're going to have a really nice kind of more dense walkable community at the mm -hmm. at the you know the front in Araby mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and then you're going to have um then all you need is a ferry right is that on the horizon <laughs> that that has to be on the on the in, in your um little plan book to know not yet not yet <laughs> catamaran <laughs> now when i was uh, last working i was in working in new york in the 90s when when we had that oil patch uh uh crisis down here. I kind of went looking for contract work in New York and wound up working full-time for almost the whole decade up there commuting home. And I was working in lower Manhattan, and there was all the talk was, when are we going to get a ferry? When are we going to get a ferry? Not just the Staten Island ferry and the Jersey ferry, but out to like Coney Island, mm -hmm. and they have it now. So it takes, it takes a time, a little bit of time. What they did basically was just find a contractor who wanted to do it. And uh, it happens. So as soon as you start building up some of those five-story whatever there, right. the next step will be the ferry, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm crazy about it. I'm, I'm really uh, thrilled to be working there. And um, I can't wait to talk about what's going on at Ford, but um, that'll come mm -hmm. uh, in time. And um, I appreciate you being here. And if there's anything I didn't ask you and you want to tell me, tell me now. No, I think we covered it. We talked about the skate park. Uh, quality of life, recreation, obviously housing, and uh, I think we cover. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jason. Oh no, Stopa? I do. I do have one thing. Okay, cool. So, if you're interested in Saint Bernard, we have the uh, Home Builders Association New Orleans Parade of Homes. That's what we. That's exactly, that's why I was here. Right? right. That's the timing. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So it's it's this weekend and also yeah. next weekend. And so how does that work? Where, where should people come? How does it work? And let me just tell my next guest that she should be aiming her way back into the room so that she knows <laughs> that she's ready. Go well, ahead. you can go to the website for the Parade of Homes, which is through the Home okay, Builders Association. Parade of Homes. Mm -hmm. Home Builders Association. Parade Home Builders Homes. Association That's website will tell you. But basically, it starts at what time? And well, it's 1 to 5. But yeah, 1 to 5 on Saturday, Sunday. This Saturday and Sunday. Correct. Okay. And next. Mm -hmm. But people should also go on soldonsaintbernard.com. And look at all the houses that we have available. Okay. Because when they come down there, not all of our homes are listed with the Parade of Homes, so they should check out all of our homes. And the Neighborhood Association is also having a um, event around the Parade of Homes from 1 to 6. So after you see the houses, go to Patricia Park. Patricia Park is in Araby, and it's from 1 to 6, and there's beer and crawfish. Oh. So 
What else does? What else do we need? That's this Saturday. In life, okay, good <laughs> enough. All right, everybody. Saint Bernard this weekend and next. And Jason Sofa, thank you so much for stopping in from Saint Bernard. We look forward to seeing you. All right, thank you. Very soon. <laughs> All right, everybody, um, from one dynamic, um, exciting person to another, I have an artist in, in, uh, in my uh, studio now, and um, she's an artist, but she's also a business person, and, and you know that I like to present the possibilities that artists can achieve if they combine their business and marketing instincts and acumen, and they don't have to have gone to business school to be good at business. That's one of the interesting things. I think being good at business is something that's really instinctive to to a great extent, and um, I don't really know what the – the elements are because I don't really have a lot of business elements in my makeup. I am such a kind of civic arts person. Uh, it, it's just not in my DNA to uh, sit at the cash register and add up the numbers and see how much I made today. You know, I just don't do that. I'm not saying that you do. I'm just saying that um, it, it takes uh, it takes a certain kind of capacity. So I want you first of all. This is Star, and her name is just a little bit difficult for me to pronounce. So. Hagenbring. Hagenbring. And you have to say that with the melodic note. It's just Hagenbring. Hagenbring. There you go. Okay. Hagenbring. So um, Star is a designer and um, and a businesswoman. So uh, first of all, uh, let's start, Star, with the kind of things that you design and where the impulse to do that designing came from and how it developed, and then we'll get into the business part. So let's start with what you design. And I've seen some oh, of that's it. that's a big And question. by the way, I called my friend who I wanted to tell about your stuff. And of course, she already has two jackets. <laughs> Diane. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, go. Well, what I do now is what I do now. And what I did 10 years ago is a whole different thing. Um, I always tell people I've done contemporary crafts at Jazz Fest, and I found out this year for over 20 years, holy moly. And I've been through two mediums. So um, when I first started Jazz Fest, I was doing spirit dolls, and I was studying ancient religions, and I was making these wonderful dolls and did all this cool stuff. And now I do clothing. And maybe I'm just making all of us spirited individuals. I'm, I'm not sure. But my pieces are kind of like little paintings, 3D collages, um, they're not clothing. They are clothing, but they're really artwork that can be worn. And it's, it's really important to just not have, here I am and here's the image and bonk, it's right on your back or right on your boobs or right on your stomach, which, oh my goodness, I see so much of. It's, it's about making you the sculpture, but not the center of attention. And, um, I do everything on the fabric. Uh, there are no rights or wrongs. There are, um, I, I think of new ways of doing it. I paint, I sew, I stitch, I embroider, I, um, you know, you whatever call, comes you do up. kind of what I would call collages. Yeah, in a it's way, collage. Um, with both uh, uh, pattern and fabric. And um, a lot of your work does still reflect the um, the spirituality of this region, which is uh, 
uh, still um, reflective of some of the um, influences of Vaudan and um, oh yes, and certainly of of the Carnival and um, Day of the Dead is 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 a theme that I saw on on some of your work, and um, it's high color, very high colorful, color as you are well. I did a series of, of black on black with like bright colored interiors, very Asian, and nobody bought it. <laughs> really? <laughs> because they come to me and go, oh my God, I need the color. You know, I think there's so much black stuff out there. You know, we're all cloaked from head to toe in black, and I'm a long ago oh, New Yorker, and you know, we're always in black, and of course today I'm in orange. But, um, it's, it, it, hey, it gets boring, guys. You know, it really gets boring, and there's nothing, more enlightening than to put on something that makes you feel better. Or if you're going to an event and you don't want to go or you have a headache or your foot hurts or your husband's going to some weird law thing and you've got to tag along, you know what? You put on one of my pieces or you put on something that's really fun and then you don't have to do any work. People come up to you and go, what in the world are you wearing? And you can go, well, I've got this cool thing on and it makes me feel happy. And it's not about showing off and it's not about being the brightest note in the room. It's just about having fun. That's why we all live here, right? So, just so you know, I mean, you've seen me in black because um, I, you're working like a well, no, dog, I had to girl. find I had yeah. to find something that was cool and yeah. And this is, you know, what it's like. It's not it's not voile, but it's it's a nice voile, cotton, it's, but it's, it's very sheer. Yeah. But even most of the time when I wear black, and I do wear a lot of black, because I am a New Yorker by um, somewhere in my cellular DNA. Mm. But I'll almost always wear a bright pink scarf, mm-hmm. or turquoise, or or I have a lot of scarves, a lot of colorful scarves, and I rarely go out without one. The only reason mm-hmm. I don't have one on on the moment is that I was in 110 degree mm. wet weather all day, and I couldn't have a darn thing around my neck, but. Your stuff, um, again, it, it's collage, it's design, you've got some figuration going on. And lots of painting. And, and lots of abstract as well, yeah. both. Yeah. And, um, and, and I love the fact that there's swing. Because swing works on anybody. It does. Body. There's swing and there's fitted. I do fitted too. Fitted. Well, there's you a, can have there's a fitted. person I'm for the having, fitted. Yeah, right. But the I, swing is so much easier because you can eat. No problem. You can gain weight. No problem. You can lose weight. No problem. Right. Easy. Yeah. I love it. And then the bags. Oh, the bags. So you also make these fabulous bags. Yeah. The bags are cool. The bags are my attempt to do a <laughs> a more um, wearable piece, I guess. Every time I think I'm going to do something that's, that's more um, user-friendly, I get involved in this kind of major project you know i try really hard to do something simple boom 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 but you know first of all we've got china breathing down their neck and copying everything and god knows i've been copied enough time i'll walk through what used to be a mall and i don't do it very often and all of a sudden i go oh my god so-and-so copied my jacket to a t Really crazy stuff like that, and it happens all the time, and there's nothing you can do, and you just kind of go, okay, next project. But um, where were we? Bags. Well, the bags are something that are a little more affordable, and we all need a bag, and it's kind of a combination of a purse and a tote bag. And I carry a little teeny-weeny purse made by John Fleming, and I've carried that damn bag for, or the same bag, 
in reincarnation about five times. That's my wallet. And then I carry a really fun tote bag, which is where all the junk goes in your extra shoes and all your papers that you got to cart around. You want about everything, bottled water, you know, you name it. We have to have our our rescue bag in there. Mm-hmm. So that's it. You know, it's But fun. again, they have a lot of design going on, a lot of detail, a lot of lace, a lot of color, a lot of glitter, and um, they're just very, very dynamic pieces. And the minute I saw them, I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this is this is cool stuff. Um, so where did all this come from? How did you get started? Oh. Um, where, where, where did you grow up? What, uh, what uh, influenced you to go in the direction you've gone? Oh, well, my direction goes a lot of places. Um, I'm one of those kids that grew up being an artist. Um, I'll tell you a very funny story, and it, um, I think it's funny. When I was a little kid, I really always had a pencil in my hand or a crayon in my hand or a needle and thread in my hand because when we were kids and you got sick and, you know, now you park the kid in front of your mobile device, my mom would stick in our hands one of those cruel embroidery kits or um, one of those um, – kits for Christmas ornaments with felt and sequins and beads and stuff. And it taught you motor skills at a very young age. So, yeah, yeah, come on, parents out there, get your kids a box of crayons, get your kids, uh, even if it's a coloring book, even if it's paper dolls, even if it's anything, this, first of all, it builds a skill level or not necessarily even a skill, but patience, you know, cutting around things. And all of a sudden you become very good at finger manipulation and and hand-eye coordination, I guess, for the most part, which is a lot handier than pushing a bunch of buttons. But um, I was uh, raised in a retail business, so we were always working in the store, which was probably where my business sense comes from. But here's my funny story about being creative. Now, when I was a kid, you got scolded if you did something bad, and um, so one afternoon I was, and, and we kind of ran around the neighborhood and we were supervised, but unsupervised. And I'm looking at our den window, which had a screen in it. And it was kind of above or right by a banquette. So you could sit on the banquette and you could reach the screen. And if you wanted my dad, who was out on the loading dock, loading stuff in for the store, because we lived next door to our store, you hollered out that window. Well, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, you know, this is kind of boring, and, you know, loading dock is pretty gray. So I had a box of crayons sitting there, and I thought one of the most beautiful things in the world was a stained glass window. Now, I've never been to church. I'd never seen a stained glass window in real life, but I'd seen it on Christmas cards. (laughs) So I decided to make a stained glass window with the crayons and the screen, right? You know, the crayon, it gets stuck in there. Let me tell you, I got... Wallop. My mom took one look at my stained glass window and just oh, went through the oh. roof. But, you know, and whenever a person says you're going to stunt their creativity by, you know, yelling at a kid, guess what? It didn't work for me. I've been creating ever <laughs> since. So. so so you're one of those oppositional types that uh, I guess so. somebody I was, says, don't do that. You're going to do it. Well, I'm pretty good at following directions and I'm logical. So a lot of times when you give me a, a don't do it, if you explain to me why, 
I'll go, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's cool. But no problem. If no but if reason, it's just don't do it and there's no reason or it's some dumbass reason, then, you know, you kind of got to, mm, I don't know about that. So I developed a lot of different artistic skills. And I still develop constantly a lot of different artistic skills. My whole life has been spent trying to find that medium, you know, that you want to be in for the rest of your life. Well, it is not going to happen for me because you keep moving, because you keep moving forward. You I, know, I, I, I have everything. to tell you, I have to share my little childhood thing. Um, you know, I also uh, worked a lot in art when I was young and I was I, I was going down the trail of being an artist, and I kind of chickened out for a variety oh, you of reasons. But um, I still make art myself and, and do a lot of work promoting other artists. But um, I remember at one point, for some reason, and I don't know how we got onto this, but the old paper napkins mm-hmm. used to have little floral patterns. Yeah. And I would sit down and color yeah. those napkins. That would be cool. Right? Yeah. And in the little flower pattern. I also I did embroidery. I did needlepoint. I did all those things. I don't know how I did those things because it's so not me today, but to have that patience is it. But I think that's one of the things about children making art that it, and actually adults, it, it, it's, it pulls you away mm-hmm. from all the noise. Oh, and, my gosh, and the, yes. the noise just goes away, and you are just working on that creative project. I'm sure that um, my engineer knows the same thing. If you're working on a music project, you're not thinking about anything else but that project mm-hmm. that you're working on. It stills you. It pulls you in. It pulls you in. and you I don't know, know what it is, but it, it really it just envelops your mind. Just ask a Mardi Gras Indian, the, the meditation of beating. And there's things that you do when you're doing a meditation and you're doing a process. Meditation. I never thought about using yeah. that word in connection with it, but I can see it. Yeah. And then there's when you're developing patterning or 3D. And and the other thing I also kind of stand by, and I tell people this all the time, um, and this is rough when you're in business. And uh, for a while I was doing a lot of set design and and costuming and different things. And so you were stuck putting down this imagery on on paper, and then you got into the theater, you got into the, the cloth that you found, or the actor, or whatever, and, you know, they didn't look like your sketch, or the stage didn't look like your sketch. And you've got to go, okay, you either have to pretend that sketch is sacred, which for me, does it work? Because you're not going to end up with your best project because you're dealing with a different medium. A paper sketch is a paper sketch is a paper sketch. And when you get to making it 10 times as big and when you get it into a 3D form, it takes on a very different life. So a lot of times you can you have to alter it for the better to get a better design for whatever it is you're doing. And right. a lot of times it doesn't look like the paper sketch. Sure. Yeah. But that's just all part of, of moving on and mm-hmm. and it's always interesting sometimes when you go to um, an exhibition of some famous artist whose work has become familiar to you mm. in its final form and then you see the sketches. Yeah. Because if you if there are some shows where they'll show you the origination and just as you say, that origination is going to be so different from what the end product becomes. And you look and you try to make the connection between what that artist was seeing in that drawing that became, or did it just somehow in the transformation become something? I find a lot of time when you're working in art, 
what comes out is not necessarily what you were expecting. Oh no, and that's but, the fun part, right? And then, it, but oh, it wow. has a life of its own at mm-hmm. that point. And you, and if somebody asks you where did that come from, you can, you know you you can't necessarily answer that question. It's live art, you know. If live you're art. if you are. Yeah. Copying that sketch, that's not live art because you've already ended the progress. You know, you've already ended that process in doing it. It's it's not growing anymore. It's just, okay, I am now making this little, you know, this manufacturing this little item here, which is a completely different thing. You know, I have a nephew who builds machines for making equipment and small things. And, I, you know, could I do that? Probably not. <laughs> Well, but it might be kind of fun to try. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of fascinated to get my hands on a 3D machine and see what in the hell oh. I would do with it. Oh yeah. You it's, know, I, I've never, I've never been near one. So, I mean, I have friends who have worked with them, and I've seen some of the products, but it hasn't been um, my turn to try that. Now, you also have a store on Magazine Street. I do. And um, in addition to the art projects that you um, uh, bring to life, you also are a purveyor of very creative eyewear. Yes, my store, Art and Eyes. I say that slowly because people go, what are you saying? Art and Eyes. What in the world is art, art, art and eyes? No, it's art and eyes. And, um, oh, wow, that came about in, in a most magical and uh, growing, very growing way. Um, my significant other is an eyewear aficionado. And he was working for a company who shall remain nameless, And basically, Paul said, you know, why don't we open up a store in New Orleans? I really like New Orleans, and New Orleans needs a really cool glasses store. So he got a whole – he talked with the the designer and the owner of the company, and she came down and blah, 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 and everything was beautiful and fabulous. And I had this weird idea. I said, oh, yeah, and you know what? I said – I'll decorate the store for you. I will I will totally do it for you because I'm going to do something that I've been wanting to do ever since I heard this idea, and I want to make the chandelier. I want to make the biggest chandelier because New Orleans is chandelier central, and it's going to be glasses and glasses. I want to make a <laughs> chandelier with stemmed drinking glasses, oh, wow. and I wear glasses. So I was all in just because I got to make the chandelier. Well, one thing led to another, and that partner went away, and I came in, and the and the concept kind of changed, and Art and Eyes was born basically on a matchbook. So whenever ever anybody says you need a business plan, all you need is a good idea, and you have to have enough experience behind you to realize there are sticks and bones that you have to follow. And um, you want to have a good location. You want to make sure you have enough money for advertising. You want to make sure your idea is a little bit ahead of the curve, but not five years ahead of the curve, which I'm famous for doing, which is why I never made any money. <laughs> and and you don't want to be behind the eight ball. And for God's sakes, you do not want to copy the dude down the street. The dude down the street is already doing it. You know, be creative, do your own thing, and um, get on with it. And and Art and Eyes was kind of shaped and born listening to the people of New Orleans and the people who traveled there. 
and um, what they wanted, and and we love it. And we do all independent stuff, and and I love the process of making people look good and see good. I mean, you know, we really kind of keep it, we keep it different, we keep it um, exciting. It's not your normal eyewear, although we do have very good normal eyewear. But you know, we have really gorgeous eyewear, and it's from Paris. Where's your store? It's at 3708 Magazine. And where is that? What's across the street? Uh, in between, specifically, Amelia and Penniston. Amelia and Penniston. And broadly, Louisiana and Napoleon. Okay. So Caddy Corner from Mignon Fouché. Oh, right. Okay. okay. From, and, from her, uh, from her um, factory or from her No, from her store. store. And right next to, for all of you people who've been here forever, Mr. Edward's Shoe Repair. Oh, and right. I have great news about that, in case you're looking for your shoes that were lost, is Dow Edwards, who's Mr. Edwards' son, his grandson or nephew, I can't remember, it went to Italy to learn how to make shoes, wow. and they're redoing the whole building, oh my goodness. and he's going to be in there making shoes. Making new shoes? Making new shoes. He's going to be a cobbler, and he oh went to Italy God. to train, so I am so excited. You mean so I can go to him excited. and get him to make those yellow suede flats yeah. that I die for, yeah. and every time I order them online, they don't fit, because I have all kinds of bumps on my leg. Never now. buy the things that are really important online. I know. Jean, you should know, I know this. I don't buy online at all. I'm very much a buy local person. I never buy anything on Amazon because yeah. I have no need to make that guy any richer. However, I really love yellow suede shoes. I don't know what it is about it. I understand. So uh, there's a company in London, actually. What are they called? Blue velvet or something like that. And I, I buy them. I buy those shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can get, there's certain patterns that work. Yeah. They're Italian because the Italian shoes have a little bit wider yeah. last. So I can, uh, uh, yeah, so those will work. But um, then I'll get another pair that just happens to be a little shorter in the front and that one doesn't work. I don't know. So even if I don't buy online, but I just buy from a store because they have, yeah, so if if I have a guy locally who yeah. I can go to yeah. and get my yellow suede shoes, I'm going to be one happy and girl. We are so lucky here. I mean... Not that I don't also like red suede shoes. Ooh, I have orange Some suede shoes on right now. Uh, I have a pair of orange yeah. shoes, too. That Yeah. 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 Old Cleasury. I have an old pair of Cleasury. Oh, oh, I love him. I had yellow suede. Shoes. Oh, my God, I did. I had yellow suede Pleasure shoes, yeah. I never saw yellow suede pleasure. Oh, they were amazing. They were a spas. Oh my god. And that was his lesser line. And I actually met him because oh, I, I had a shoe store. That. Wait, lesser? Not anymore. You mean less expensive pleasurey? Yeah. They How did called I miss espas. that? What were they called? Espace. E-S-P-A-C-E. Espace. I never saw that. Sh- I never yeah. saw that brand. Where yeah. did you buy them? Well, I used to have a shoe store when this I lived in Miami Beach. Talk, this is girl I'm talk. Sorry. We're sorry. We it's shoes, shoes and eyewear, and art. And jewelry, you know, how can you go wrong? You know, it's interesting. Um, this is a jewelry town in a way, but um, and, and Mignot Fage is our uh, essentially our uh, um, Elsa Peretti or our Angela Cummings. She's our star um, jeweler. But um, other than that, uh, they, uh, there really are not a lot of jewelry makers in New Orleans who I am hooked on, I have to be honest. Well, let's So I tend to buy, there's so much see. antique jewelry to be bought here that 
I do wind up doing really well with some of that. Of course, I don't buy anything at all anymore because I have too much, and I don't even wear it anymore because I tend to wear my Billy Beads, my kids, yeah. uh, you know, sparkly Fimo, or, and, and don't really care about uh, it, the, the finer, fancier stuff as much as I used to. But um, that, that's not something that there's a specialty in here. So maybe in terms of those new media. Well, I tell you, there. I'll, I'll do a plug right now. Um, my favorite store for art jewelry is GoGo. And See, GoGo's that's just not got, my style. but GoGo, it's GoGo. Sorry, GoGo, but there's GoGo in her shop, which is cool. That's one case, but there's all this other cool stuff in there okay. that is really neat. I, I'll go back and. I mean, and, and talk some, about some yeah. cool 3D stuff. I've got these amazing black little basket things that are just every time <laughs> I wear them people chase me down the street they're just really? crazy oh. and then she has the stuff that's made out of colored silicone that's just beautiful hmm. it's but it is it's not mignon you know it's not formal gold and silver jewelry so don't go carting your butt down yeah, no, there I, I wear, uh, is, you know again my uh, my, my um, stepchildren my uh, daughter, Billy Tannen, mm-hmm. and her husband, Bob Nielsen, make something called Billy Beads. Look them up on mm-hmm. Etsy. And, and they are Fimo with Swarovski crystals embedded in them, and they look like Fabergé. They oh, absolutely look like Fabergé. Or um, they'll do things that are very traditional, but they'll also do things that are totally kicked behind contemporary. And that's what I wear most of the time. Or I wear my husband's oysters. Oh, you know, not, yeah, or uh, cool. he's made me some incredible. Um, well, your jewelry. bathroom, I'm like in love with your bathroom. Both all the shells. <laughs> Jean's got the coolest bathroom in the world, you guys. Shells. It and is so rocks cool. And First stones. of all, the ceiling is what 14 foot tall in there. I mean, it's just, and it's it's high, high, high gloss black. Now, I think I have had in my house. Every place that I've ever lived, I've had at least one high-gloss black wall. Is that right? I'm not kidding. I I thought I was the only one. No, sorry. Bummer. And actually, (laughs) I did deviate my house here. I painted my hallway, which has a black and white floor, and then the stairway goes up. It's flat black, and it didn't have any... any, plaster work, any molding. So I kind of created a faux plaster. I did a chalk version. And of course, it's slanted because of the staircase. I did kind of a chalk um, sketch of a French, a beautiful French Art Nouveau plaster. And then I overlaid it with high gloss black paint. Oh my God. And the look is outrageously cool. But it's That subtle. sounds fabulous. It's really neat. But anyway, you know what I, I really to wanted to do. Oh, okay. I really <laughs> wanted to do. Um, Who's the artist who uh, did everything in um, a really deep blue? Help me. Because oh. I just, the names. I, oh, I, yeah, I know we're both in there. You that. know who I mean, right? Yeah, I do know who you mean. That's what I wanted. That's, I wanted that really deep, but I've got also that in my dining blue. room. I have to see. And you know twice. what I had to do to get it? My painter, my painter who's French, is a riot. He goes, Stop! There are no, even Benjamin Moore does not have this color. You're going to have to paint it with uh, artist paint. So Paul goes out, yeah, Paul goes out, that's my significant other, and buys 250 of these little tiny plastic bottles, which I'm like, you got to be kidding. I am not kidding. And I sat outside on my little porch in 82-degree weather with a paintbrush, two gallons, 
and a and a little spongy thing to get this stuff out of the bottle and a bottle of wine. Oh my God! And and then we painted it, and then I proceeded to stencil the entire room with um, gold leaf beetles. So so everybody, you have been witness to a private girl talk conversation here. We've had a lot of fun, and um, I I highly recommend that you check out Art and Eyes on Magazine Street. And, uh, and then in our um, creative industry um, art and design store that is going to be open on Tuesdays on uh, the same day, the second Tuesdays of the month when St. Claude is open, we're going to have this crazy store in the middle of a big Ford plant. And it's so pretty. And January 8th is going to be our um, first uh, open day. I encourage you all to be thinking about that because that's going to, there's just everything in there. Where do you see it now? You haven't even seen it in its, it's latest an awesome space. incantation. It's yeah. not incarnation. It's incantation. Um, thank you all for being with us and, and letting us uh, have our fun with this conversation. And um, tune in next week. We'll see what comes on then. Who knows? You never know what's going to be on this show. Gene Nathan, Crosstown Conversations on WBOK. Real talk. Real times.